the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, good morning. We are so glad that you're here with us this morning, all of you that are here online in the chapel. If we have not personally met before, my name is Lexi. I'm the family life pastor here. You saw me in that video, and I just wanted to say again, being here, thank you all so much for your investment into the kids and youth of our church. We have had an amazing summer at VBS, at summer camp. We have kids at both events who gave their lives to Jesus for the very first time. We have kids who got baptized, signed up to be baptized after... There were kids who experienced healings at camp, kids who came home feeling called to ministry to lead their friends and their family members to Christ. And that would not happen without your investment, your prayers. So thank you so much for being a church that believes in what God is doing in the next generation. But I'm so excited because today we're gonna be continuing on in our series that we've been in all summer walking through Psalm 23 line by line. And this, this series has been so cool because I think Psalm 23 is a passage of scripture that a lot of us, if we've read it before at all, probably read through all of it and then you kind of move on. But to go through it line by line and really understand, dissect what's being said here has been really powerful. And I just happened to get a really great passage, probably my favorite verse in all of Psalm 23. And Pastor Rob assigned it to me. So I'm super excited to be here this weekend. We're going to be looking at Psalm 23, 6 when it says, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I love this verse because I think when you first read it, it reads really easy, really simple. Like how many of you read, you read that and you're like, yeah, I think I've got the general gist of what that means. But as we dive into it today, I really believe that as we start to understand this, and more than that, if we really start to believe this, I think this is a truth that can change everything in our lives. I think this is a truth that can change the way that we live, the way that we relate with the Lord, the way that we walk through our life for the rest of our lives. So I'm excited to dive into it. You know, one of the things that I love the most about Psalm 23 is just the resolve that David writes with. You know, as he's writing out Psalm 23, it really reads like a declaration that he is declaring, these are the things that are true about our good shepherd. These are the things that are true about the relationship that the good shepherd has with his sheep. And when you read this verse in, in Psalm 23, 6, David doesn't say, God, will your goodness and love follow me or, or your goodness and love will follow me probably most of the days or, or, or for the most part. It's a declaration, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. You know, as I was praying about this verse these past couple weeks, I started to think about my own kids. So 
Many of you know this, if you don't know, we have a three and a half year old and a one and a, and a, one and a half year old. So we've got little kids who are very, very reliant on us. You know, that might be a surprise to you, but they depend on us for everything. They depend on us literally to just be alive every day. They depend on us. They've never packed their own snacks. They have never restocked the diaper bag. They have never made sure they have a toy when we're going somewhere. They've never had to buy themselves an outfit. They just assume that mom and dad have it under control. We were at a softball tournament yesterday. Uh, we have a church softball team that competed in a tournament and we were there and my son was like, where's my water? Where's my snack? Where's my toy? And I'm like, you're just lucky that these things were actually packed for you because if you had to pack these for yourself, you would have nothing. But there's just something that you see in little kids. They just have such an innocent reliance on their caregivers. They just genuinely believe you're gonna take care of me. I've got nothing to worry about in this life. You have got it under control. You're gonna make my food. You're gonna make sure I have everything I need. The other day I said to my son, I said, Zariah, mommy needs to tell you something. And this, what he said was not what I was gonna tell him, but it was really sweet. I said, Zariah, mommy needs to tell you something. And he goes, oh, you love me most. I already know that, mommy. And I was like, how beautiful is that? You know, that how would life look different if we just assumed every time someone said they had to tell us something, we were like, oh, they're gonna tell me how much they love me. That is just so sweet. You know, you see this just innocence in kids. But how many of you know that as life goes on, we start to lose that? We start to lose that innocence. We start to lose that confidence that we're gonna be taken care of. You know, life starts to happen. We get let down by people, we get disappointed. Life gets messy, you get older and you start realizing like, oh, life is a little bit more complicated than it was when, when my, my parents or my caregivers had my diaper bag packed and I was just living the dream. Things get complicated. And as I was thinking about this verse, I just started reflecting on, on this change that starts to happen in life. And I think if we're being honest, many of us would say we, we don't just lose our confidence in people, but we really start to lose our confidence in the Lord. We start to lose that childlike faith of, why would I worry? God's gonna take care of me. God's got this. I'll never forget there was a time in true life where I, this was when I was doing junior high ministry and I asked the sixth graders to write out prayer requests and their prayer requests were just bigger than the sky. I mean, I want every person in my school to get saved. And it was like for a sixth grader, they're like, why not? God's gonna save everybody. You know, for us, we're like, God, could you maybe save this one person that I work with? But there's just this childlike confidence and we start to lose that. And I think we, we really start to lose that with the Lord. We start to doubt, God, are you really good? Do you really love me? Are you really gonna provide for me? Are you really gonna take care of me? And I think most of us, if we're honest, we would say we probably doubt the goodness and the love of God at times more often than we declare it and believe it. I wanna ask this question because this is actually the question that was rolling around in my mind, even for my own life, as I was reading through this passage. This question was how different would my life look? How different would our lives look if we truly believed that God's goodness and love would follow us all the days of our lives. I started to think about that in my own life. How differently would I live every single day if I just woke up with an overwhelming assurance of God's goodness and love has got me today? 
God's goodness and love has got me tomorrow. No matter what's going on in my family, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter what's going on in my mental health, God's goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. How differently would we live if we believed that? So what we're gonna do today is we're just gonna take a couple moments to dive into this verse. It's so short and like I said, it reads kind of just like, some of you are like, that sounds like the Sunday school verse that the preschoolers are doing. It reads so simple, yet how hard is it sometimes for us as adults to grasp this truth that God's goodness and love will follow us all the days of our lives. So I want us to dive into what does it look like to live this out? So let's pray together and then we're gonna jump in. Lord, we just thank you so much for who you are. God, we just pause to say thank you that you are our good shepherd. You are our good father. Lord, I pray that for those of us who are already in relationship with you, that we would be reminded of your goodness and reminded of your love today. And Lord, I pray that for those of us here online in the chapel who don't yet have a relationship with you, that today would be the day they would come to know you as their good father, as their good shepherd. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us as we dive into your word. We pray for this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, in all of Psalm 23, we've been talking about this idea that this psalm really paints a picture of just this inseparable bond and union that exists between a shepherd and his sheep. And it's painting this picture of the relationship that our good shepherd, our father in heaven, wants to have with us where we just know without a shadow of a doubt that he is our protector, he's our provider, he's the one who guides us and leads us and takes care of us. And I wanna dive a little bit deeper into this verse in in verse six, because there's a couple things that I think when we understand this on a deeper level, it changes the way we read this verse. The first one is I love that right out of the gate in this verse, David uses this word surely. There's just an assurance and a confidence of what I'm about to say is 100% true. What I'm about to write, I believe with everything in me you see this unwavering assurance and then David goes on to say, your goodness and love will follow me. Let's look at that part just for a minute. Your goodness and love will follow me. So if you look at the Hebrew word that David uses here for goodness, as an adjective, as an adjective it really would translate more like beautiful or pleasant. It's actually the same word that's used in creation when God is talking about seeing his creation and he said that it was good. When you read this part of the verse, David was not saying, God, the good things that you do are gonna follow me all the days of my life. He was saying, God, you are perfectly good and your goodness, the goodness of your character, the goodness of who you are is pursuing me all the days of my life. You know, I think sometimes when we think about God being good, we fall into the trap of relating it with God doing good things. God does do good things. We could probably go around this room and share testimony after testimony of the good things that God has done. But what we need to understand here is that God himself is good. He doesn't just show goodness to some people like, oh, you've been good, I'm gonna show goodness to you, not you, you, you can have some goodness. It is who he is, he is perfectly good. He's our good father, he's the good shepherd. So David is not just saying here, the good acts of God are gonna follow me throughout my life. God, your goodness is pursuing me 
all the days of my life. How do we see that goodness played out? Well, when you think about this idea of a shepherd and his sheep, we see it in just the attentiveness that God has with us. I mean, I I think about this sometimes, that even if the only thing God ever did for us was send his son Jesus to die on the cross, to be resurrected, it would have been enough. I mean, I don't think there's a single person here that would say that wasn't enough, God, you still owe me more. God already did way more than enough. Yet he chooses to still be involved in our lives, attentive to the details of our lives, the big things, the small things, because he's our good shepherd. He's leading us. He's guiding us. You see it in the way that he cares for his flock, that he cares for his sheep, the goodness. And then David goes on to say, goodness and love. And when he's talking about love here, the word that's used would translate more closely to the unfailing or steadfast or covenant love of God. You know, we talk about this in church at times, this idea of love. We have a very human understanding of love, which can be really fickle. It can be really based on feelings. When we think about the love of God, it is unconditional. It's unfailing. It's a covenant love. It's more than we could ever even imagine. And so to think about that for a moment, that David is saying, your goodness, God, you are perfectly good and your goodness is pursuing me. And God, your unfailing, unconditional love is pursuing after me. It's more than just good deeds. It's more than just, God, you love me when I'm doing the right things. It's a care and an attentiveness beyond anything we've ever experienced in human relationship. It's our good shepherd, our good father. And then he says, will follow me. And this is something that I love. This is something that as I was diving into this verse that I learned that really opened my eyes to even just the intensity of God's love for us. When you look at this word in the Hebrew, it would translate more like pursue or chase after. Your goodness and your love is chasing after me. It's not even just it's present and it's always there. It is pursuing after us. His goodness and his love is pursuing after us. And then finally, all the days of my life, and I think this is probably one of the most important things that most of us need to grasp when it comes to this verse. I think a lot of us would say that we believe God's goodness and love is pursuing us when things are going well. Right? When, when you're in good health, when your family is in good health, when your path is clear, I know where I'm going, I know what's next, when your finances are secure, when work's going well, when all of those things are in place, I think all of us would say, of course God's goodness and love is following me all the days of my life. I'm living it right now. But what about when things are not going so well? What about when we do get a diagnosis that we did not expect or someone that we love and care about is really, really sick or we lose our job or something happens unexpectedly in our finances, we genuinely don't know how we're gonna make ends meet. When you're in a season where you're like, God, I don't even know where you're leading me. There's just no clarity. It just feels like chaos. For most of us, if we're being honest, we would say that our belief in the goodness and love of God is one of the biggest things that is tested in seasons like that. I think it's when we really start to doubt, God, are you good? Do you really love me? I don't know if you've ever asked a question like this. It's okay, we can be honest in church. I've asked questions like this where we say, God, if you were really good, why would you let this happen? If you were really a good God, 
I'm struggling to believe that you would let this horrible thing happen if you were good. If you loved me, I'm struggling to believe that you would really let this happen in my life or to my loved one. And we start to really question. These are the times that really test our confidence in our good shepherd. And in these moments, I would say in the hard moments of life is where we have to ask, can I honestly say, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. David writes this with a heart that declares, no matter what happens in my life, I believe that God's goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. You know, a lot of people will... uh, write devotionals or books. There's a lot of scholars that have kind of dove into this specific verse and they will liken the Lord's goodness and love to this idea of being his two sheepdogs. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but people will often say that goodness and love are the Lord's two sheepdogs when you think about this idea of God being our good shepherd and leading us. So to unpack this just for a moment, there is this concept that, you know, a shepherd, we've been talking about this throughout this series, that a shepherd will protect and provide for and lead his sheep. And there are a lot of shepherds who, will, who believe that sh- having sheepdogs is best practice for how you guide your flock. So sheepdogs, this idea is that they would be in the back of your flock following your flock as the shepherd leads the sheep forward. Now, they're not really following the sheep in the way that we would normally think of. It's not like the sheep are leading the sheepdogs. It's more like the sheepdogs are driving the sheep forward to where they need to go. If one starts to stray off, they can kind of run over, oh, get back here, stay in, stay in line with where the shepherd's leading you. And a lot of people will liken this idea of God's goodness and love to being his two sheepdogs. And I wanna talk about that for just a minute because I think it gives us a really good imagery of what David is saying here. How many of you like to bowl? Who goes bowling? Anybody in here you like to bowl? Or maybe you don't have to be good at it, okay? You just have to like it. How many of you use the bumpers? Where's my bumper people at? It's just, they're just gonna keep you on the lane, okay? You know, we've all, we've all probably, well, maybe we all haven't been there. There's probably some good bowlers in here, but I've been there many times where you're just going into the gutter, going into the gutter, going into the gutter. And it starts to reach a point where it's like, this is really not fun. I mean, I'm not hitting a single pin here. This is not fun anymore. And then you pull the bumpers up and it's like, okay, I'm feeling a little bit better. You're probably not still getting strikes, but it's just kind of keeping you on the lane. When you think about this idea of God's goodness and love, being like sheepdogs or being like kind of the bumpers in our life that keep us on the path that God has for us. I think a lot of us, if we're being honest, we more often think of God's judgment or anger as our bumpers, right? God gets really mad at me or God has a lot of judgment towards me, so I gotta get in line. But then you look at a passage like this and all throughout scripture and you see it's God's loving kindness, it's God's mercy, it's God's goodness that lead us to repentance, that lead us to live a life on the path he has for us. So as you think about this idea of of goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, it's really they're driving me forward into the good things God has for me. They're making sure that I stay on the path that my good shepherd has laid out for me. His goodness and his love following me all the days of my life. So I think the question for us becomes, how do you and I walk in the truth of Psalm 23:6? What does it actually look like to live a life of assurance in the truth that God's goodness and love will follow me 
all the days of my life. And I think the first one is so simple, but I think for some of us, it's going to be the biggest revelation you're going to have today. Number one, we have to know that he is good. We have to know that he is good. You know, I think there's a lot of people, and I think when, when we, we say this, we often think of, oh yeah, people who don't know Jesus. I think there's a lot of people who do know Jesus, who are Christians, who struggle to believe that God is good. We struggle to believe that God is good. Again, maybe it's because of a circumstance that you've faced in your own life, and it's really brought you to a place of God, I just don't know how you could be good and allow this to happen. If we're being really honest, I think for a lot of us, it was the last couple years in our world. There was a lot of suffering. There was a lot of pain. There was a lot of division. And I think there were moments where it felt like, God, I, I want to know that you're good, but I'm struggling to believe that you're good because how is all of this happening? But if we're going to live out this truth, this out of this place of assurance, we have to know that he is good. You know, as I was praying specifically over this point, I felt like the Lord was really putting on my heart people who are walking through a circumstance and your circumstance is causing you to doubt God's goodness. And, and I would just encourage you for all of us, we have to know that God's goodness is not based on our circumstances. We have to know that God's goodness is not based on our feelings. We have to kind of move beyond feeling and move beyond the emotions of a circumstance to say, God, I just know that you're good because it's what your word says and your word is perfect and your word is true. And even beyond that, you've shown yourself to be good. You have proven your goodness for generations. So I'm gonna choose to believe and know that you are good. But I also felt like the Lord brought people to my heart and I was just even praying for you before service today. You were maybe even raised with an image in your mind of a very angry, judgmental God. And it's how you were raised, maybe even raised in church. And that's the picture you've had in your mind is that God is mad at you, that God's like the principal teacher just wagging his finger up there at you. And so you've never really believed or accepted the goodness of God because that's just totally not the picture that you've had of God in your life so far. And I just felt like for all of us, whether this is a first time revelation or maybe this is something that you've believed before but you're struggling to believe right now, that our starting point had to be, I have to know that God is good. I have to know that God is my good father, that God is my good shepherd. Think about this for a moment, that God has your very best interest at heart. God has your very best interest at heart. And here's the really great thing. His plan for your life, his perfect plan for your life is beyond your own human standards or ideals of what the good life would be like because he knows best. He's our creator. He's our father. He actually has a plan and a purpose for your life that is far better than you could even dream up on your own. That's how good he is. So when we surrender to God's goodness, we're not surrendering to a distant, absent God who doesn't really care what happens to you. He is very personally invested in your life. He loves you. We have to know that he is good, that he's our heavenly father. It's where we have to kind of ask him to restore in us that childlike faith. 
You know, if I said to my son, Zariah, I want you to go do this, he doesn't pause and say, mom, are, do you have my best interest at heart when you're asking me to go do that? It's just like, yeah, mom said to do it, here I go. We have to almost come back to that place where we say, God, I just believe you have my best interest at heart. I just believe you're a good father, that you're a good shepherd. So I trust you. I surrender to you. I know that you're good. We have to know that he is good. Number two, you need to receive his love for you. And this is why this is so important to me because I just believe so strongly that there is a big difference in knowing that God loves you and receiving his love for you. There is a big difference between knowing in your head, yeah, I know the Bible says God loves me, but to actually live out of a place of, no, I actually believe that God loves me. I'm secure in that love. I'm held in that love. I believe in that love. It changes the way that we live our lives. You know, I think about, again, my own kids and how much I love them. I love them when they're cranky. I love them when they're not listening to me. I love them when they make me mad. You know, you still have your, your uh, human emotions, but you love them. It's like, they're my kids. Of course I love them. That's, it's just because of who they are. They don't have to earn it. They don't have to work for it. It's not just when they're acting in a certain way. I love them because they're my kids. And I remember the moment after we had our son where this kind of started to click for me and I had this revelation of like, God loves me more than I could ever love my kids. God loves me more than I could ever love another person because we can't even fathom how wide and how deep and how high and how strong and how passionate the love of God is for us. How different do our lives look if we live every day with this unshakable confidence that God loves me? I know no matter what happens today, God loves me. I'm having this tension in my relationship, but I'm, I'm loved by the Lord and I'm secure in that. So I, I don't need to have affirmation or I'm not people pleasing or I'm not stressing out about all these things. I'm secure in the love of Christ. There's this situation that's going on in my life and, and it seems like a big storm and I don't know what's going on, but I know God loves me. So I trust that he's gonna take care of me. You know, today over in preschool, they're learning about Jesus calming the storm and the simple truth, Jesus rescues us because he loves us. How many of us need that reminder every day? I just believe God that you love me and I'm gonna receive that love that you have for me. We need the Lord to restore in us again that childlike faith, that belief, that confidence of God, I know that you love me. I know that you're good and I know that you love me, which leads us to, I think the third thing, I'll just call myself out right here. Number three, this is my biggest struggle point when it comes to living out this verse. We have to shift our confidence. Here's what I mean by that. As David writes this Psalm and specifically this verse, you can tell that his confidence is not in himself or his own performance. His confidence is in God. How many of you have perfectly lived your life, perfectly followed the Lord every single day since you came onto this earth? Anybody? Is there any, not a single hand in here? No. Because we mess up. We are unfaithful. We wander. We're the sheep. As much as we want to be the shepherd when we read this, we are the sheep. We're wandering. We're doing dumb things. We're getting off course. And the good shepherd is saying, get back on, get back on the path that I have for you. The reason I say that this is the one for me is because 
There was a long time in my faith when I first when I first became a Christian, when I first gave my life to Jesus, where I felt like when I was following Jesus well, reading my Bible every day, praying every day, I was at church, I was serving, I was checking off all the boxes, I was doing all the right things, I was having a good attitude, I was you know, turning the other cheek, I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to do. As long as I was doing all those things, then God was good and he loved me. But if I started to get off course, God couldn't possibly love me. God couldn't possibly love me when I was wandering. He couldn't possibly love me when I'm messing up. He couldn't possibly love me when I've fallen into sin. He couldn't possibly love me when I wasn't following the path that he had for me. And it wasn't until a couple years ago that I had this revelation that really what I was doing is I was putting my confidence in God's love in myself and my performance. And I had to have this moment where I said, Lord, you're good and you're loving and your love is unfailing, not because of me, but because that's who you are. You are the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are the God whose goodness never fails. You are the God whose love never fails. It's not about me and how faithful I am. Does the Lord call us to faithfulness? Does the Lord call us to righteousness? Absolutely. But when we're living in a place where we say, I have to measure up and do this, this, and this, or God doesn't love me, he's not gonna pursue me with his goodness, it's an indicator to us that our confidence have been, has been misplaced. Our confidence needs to be in who God is. That's what we see with David here. God, he says, surely your goodness and your love will pursue me all the days of my life. That's where my confidence is found. For some of us today, we need to make that shift where we say, God, I'm gonna put my confidence in you. I'm gonna trust that you're my good shepherd. I'm not gonna try to be the shepherd. I'm recognizing I'm a sheep and I'm gonna trust my good shepherd. My confidence is in you. And then finally, how do we live out Psalm 23, six? How do we walk in the truth of this? We have to declare it even when we don't feel it. We have to declare it even when we don't feel it. You know, I said this at the beginning of the message, but one of my favorite things about Psalm 23 is that it's a declaration. I would encourage you, if you're ever in a tough time, Psalm 23 is a great passage to pray, to make it a prayer, because you're just declaring the truth of who God is, of who you are in Christ. We have to come to a place in our life and in our faith where we can declare this truth even when we don't feel it. Because there will be times in your life, and it's, it's usually when things are going well, it's usually when we're on the mountaintops, and it's like, you know what? God, your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. I believe it with every part of me. And there will be other times in your life where if you're being honest, you'll say, God, I'm struggling to even believe you're good. I'm struggling to even believe that you love me. I'm struggling to even believe that you pursue me in the first place. If we're being really honest, I think sometimes we find ourselves in a place of God, I'm, I'm just even struggling to believe that you're real, that you're really there for me. The Bible talks a lot about this idea of the power of our words. And I just believe so strongly that there is something powerful that happens when we say, you know what, I might be struggling to believe this. I might be struggling to feel this, 
but this is God's truth. So I'm gonna declare it over my life. And I think there's something powerful and, and significantly spiritual that starts to happen. When you begin to declare those truths with your mouth, even before you believe them, your faith starts to catch up. When you wake up every morning and you start declaring, God, you are good, you love me, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. You are my good shepherd. You are my good father. I am provided for by you. I am protected by you. When you start to declare those things, the way you think starts to change. The way you live starts to change. The way you talk starts to change. The way you go throughout your day starts to change because there's power in your declaration. For some of us, we just have to start declaring it even though we're not feeling it. As we get ready to close today, we're gonna take just an opportunity, a moment to respond. If you've ever heard me speak before, you know I say this every single time, I just believe that every time we come to God's word, he calls us to respond. We should respond to what he's stirring in our hearts, to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. And so we're gonna take a moment to respond. And as I was praying for our time today, as we were getting ready to close, I just started thinking about all the different people of our church that are here online in the chapel we all come from different walks of life. We're all struggling with different things. I believe that there's people who are here with us this weekend and you don't currently have a relationship with the Lord. You haven't given your life to Christ. And as I was praying, I just felt so strongly that there were gonna be people here this weekend who are gonna make decisions to give their life to Jesus. That we're gonna say, you know what? I'm done trying to figure it all out on my own. I wanna to surrender to my good shepherd. I wanna give my life to Christ. Maybe for you, that's the step that you're gonna to take today. That's the way you're gonna respond. For some of us, you're just thinking about this verse and, and what I talked about, about how we live out this truth. And maybe for you, if you're being honest, you would say, I'm in that category of I'm struggling to believe that God is good. Maybe you've never known him as good, or maybe you know in your head that he's good, but you're in a tough season and that belief has been shaken. And today, you're just gonna ask God to give you a revelation of his goodness. You're just gonna ask God to restore in you that belief that you have a good father in heaven who loves you more than you could ever imagine. Maybe it's his love that you've been doubting, and today you're gonna say, Lord, I want you to restore in me that childlike faith like a young kid who is just so reliant on their parents, their caregiver, just believes in their love, trusts their love. Lord, I wanna trust your love that much in my life. Maybe like me, you need to shift your confidence a little bit. You've been placing your confidence in yourself and you need to say, you know what, God, my confidence is in you. Or maybe today as we pray, you're just gonna to begin to declare truth even though you don't feel it. Tomorrow when you wake up, you're gonna wake up and pray a prayer of God, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, even if you're struggling to believe it. I would just invite you wherever you are, online in the chapel, to just close your eyes for a moment before I pray. If you're here in service today, and you would say that the way you need to respond is by giving your life to Christ for the first time or maybe rededicating your life to Christ. You've been hearing either today's message for the first time or this series and you're realizing that you have a good shepherd who loves you, 
who wants to provide for you, protect you, wants a relationship with you. He sent his son to die on the cross so that you could be forgiven and experience new life in Christ. If that's you and you would say, you know what, I wanna give my life to Jesus or I wanna recommit my life to Christ today, I just wanna invite you to raise your hand. No one's looking around. If that's you, just raise your hand, yep. There's hands in this room. Would you just pray along with me? If that's you and your hand was raised, I especially want you to pray along with me, but all around this room, would, would you just pray along with me? Jesus, thank you that you are our good father, our good shepherd, that you sent your son Jesus to die for me. Jesus, right now we come alongside our brothers and sisters who have just made the decision to give their life to Christ and we say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I wanna live for you. I wanna live in my new life a new creation in Christ. From this day forward, I'll never be the same. God, we thank you for the salvations that happened here all across our church family. God, we pray that this would be a moment that they look back to for the rest of their lives and say, it all changed right there when I gave my life to Christ. We thank you for the salvations. Can we just give it up for those that made the decision to give their lives to Christ today? So incredible. If that was you and you raised your hand, I want to encourage you. There's a connection card in the seat back in front of you or you can find it online. I want to encourage you to mark on there, I gave my life to Christ. The reason I say that is we have a team that would love to reach out to you and give you some next steps of what does it look like to walk with Jesus from this moment on. This is really just the beginning of your journey. This isn't the end point. This is just the beginning of what God has for you. Now for the rest of us, you can have eyes open for this one if you're here and you resonate with any of the things we talked about, you need a reminder that God is good. You want a new revelation of his goodness. You need a reminder that he loves you. Today, you wanna shift your confidence, put your confidence in his goodness, his love. You wanna declare that you believe, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. And you would say, God, that's me. I, I wanna believe and walk in the truth that your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Lord, I just pray over every hand lifted here online in the chapel. God, we thank you that your word, your truth says that your goodness and love will follow us all the days of our lives. So today we stand on truth. We declare that truth, that you are a good God, a good shepherd, a good father. Would you remind us of your goodness? Lord, today, would you give all of us a fresh revelation of your love? You love us more than we could ever imagine. I pray that that love would change the way we live. It would change the way we relate to others. It would change the way we act in our marriage, with our kids, in our workplace. God, would we be consumed by the love of our heavenly father? And would it transform every part of us? God, today we declare that our confidence is not in our own faithfulness, our confidence is in you. You are a faithful God. You are the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we put our confidence in you. And today, God, we declare this truth, even for those of us struggling to believe it, we declare the truth that surely your goodness and your love will follow us all the days of our lives. God, we love you. We thank you. And I pray that this truth would not just ring true right now, but every morning when we wake up tomorrow to go to work and Tuesday and Wednesday, Lord, would the truth of your word ring true in our ears. God, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name and everybody said, amen. I wanna invite all of you to stand up at this time. Our hosts are gonna take over for online and in the chapel. For those of us that are here, I'm gonna invite our prayer team to come forward. 
we're gonna take a moment just to worship. And I would encourage you to put that fourth point into practice. Let's declare this truth that God, you are good and you love us more than we could ever imagine.